Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Fun times. Um, before we get started with our uh, Pentecost message this morning, um, I've got a couple of things. Um, first of all, I know that there are a bunch of you guys who are still in like exam placement, professional exams, PhD, professional qualification zones at this moment in time. So um, I just want to say again, thank you for continuing to prioritize church and your Jesus times and being faithful during this season. So worth it. And I'd love to bless you. Um, and I bless you with clarity of mind as you study. I bless you with peace so you can be free from stress and worry as you take on these endeavors in this season. I bless you with good rest and I bless you with great amounts of success, may it be. And then for all of us, I bless you in the name of Jesus to know Jesus even more wonderfully today. And I bless you to receive healing in your body, in your mind, your emotion and your spirit today. And I bless you with guidance and help from God so that you can flourish in this season, no matter what circumstances you find yourself facing, so that you can prevail. And I bless you to know the love and hope and joy and peace of God today. May it be good times, my dudes. Hey, it's Pentecost Sunday, and we are here together to celebrate, and we have got a whole bunch of stuff to celebrate today because it's Pentecost and in a moment and we're going to get a nice reminder or maybe even like a first time look at why we're doing Pentecost stuff and then we're going to celebrate the dedication to the Lord of one of our youngest dudes so excited for that what a treat what a joy for us and then we are going to feast together which is also going to be a treat if you're a guest with us this morning it would be our joy and our privilege to share our face with you. We would love for you guys to join us. Kim actually said, like, can we do the dedication on Pentecost so I don't have to sort out lunch for anyone? <laughs> she absolutely did not say that. But some things just work out, do you know what I mean? If you are here today uh, and you're a guest, we would love for you to join us. If you brought a dessert or some drinks, thank you so much. If you didn't bring anything, that's not a problem. I'm sure that Stephen and our wonderful team have got more than enough for everyone. It's going to be a treat to celebrate together. I'm speaking of uh, Stephen and teams and all those things. I'm just like a little moment to say some thank you for some stuff in preparation for our feast today. Um, on Wednesday, our heroes, David and Ian, spent like a whole day working in the garden and taking a bunch of stuff from all our various renovation and uh, projects to the dump, worked hard all day. David, we appreciate you, thank you so much. And, Le yep. and Leanne Co. Leanne was here at 9 a.m. to do her Bible time and then was in the garden all day, planting, potting, weeding, went to the garden center, made out there look wonderful for you for our garden party today. Leanne, we appreciate you so much, so, so much. 
And then, yes, of course, Stephen was here all day on Friday as well, like making dough for the pizza ready for its cold ferment so that your pizza will be as wonderful as you could hope for. And uh, there is a lot of it. So um, we're so thankful for the dudes of our church who do all the things. And I'm sure that you will take a moment to thank um, our wonderful people personally, but it's nice to say it out loud in public sometimes too. And before I'm done, if you signed up for a Bible reading time this week, or maybe even two, or maybe even three, or maybe even four, um, dudes who were heroes this week were Molly Mitchell, Francois, like seeing where the gaps boom, jumping in to fill them, love that, and um, Dawn, our hero Don, who showed up at nine o'clock on Friday night. Usually we are well done and did her hour and then just thought, Psh, and she just stayed to finish the whole thing through. She finished at half past 11, two and a half hours straight. Like, so much respect. She's running around here pretending that she's not gonna get any credit in that for heaven because people keep telling her what a great thing she did but I think there's plenty to go around for her, to be fair. If you uh, didn't get an opportunity to read with us this week, um, I know it was a little bit trickier for dudes who work nine to five and all of those like slots that work for people with that work schedule went straight away. Sorry that you had to miss out next year. Grab your time before someone else does. Um, this is a moment where we will give you our full blessing and permission to be selfish in that way. Go for it, such a wonderful, wonderful time. And we did it right to the last hour, but we did it, you guys are the best. I'm so proud of you. It's such a treat to do things like this together, such a treat to lead this church. And I'm glad that God brought me here to do it so that we can learn about him, worship him together. I love him for that and lots of other reasons on top of that. So thank you, well done. Gosh, time over. Um, I do love a good gush, um, but you didn't come here to listen. <laughs> you didn't come here to listen to me gush, you came here to celebrate and it's Pentecost, so we're gonna celebrate and I am a fan of hyperbole, but this is not hyperbole. Today we are celebrating one of the most significant days in all of world history ever, not hyperbole. The first Pentecost was the day that the Church of Jesus Christ was started and who could ever deny that the world was not changed forever for good because of that event. One of the defining days of history. And as if that wasn't enough, God chose on that day to send his Holy Spirit to humanity to permanently fill all those who put their trust in Jesus and make them new creations. And the world was never the same again, not hyperbole. Let's celebrate one of the most significant days ever. But curious then that um, in actually many churches, Pentecost doesn't really get the recognition that it deserves. And in some churches, it doesn't really seem to get a mention at all. And last autumn, for some fun, I asked you um, if Christmas or Easter brought you more joy as a celebration, and we decided that Christmas came out on top. I suppose if I had asked you at that time what brings you more joy, Christmas or Easter or Pentecost, 
we might have thought, eh, like what is Pentecost doing in there? It doesn't deserve to play with the big kids. This is not that big of a deal of a celebration. And I guess I could see why we might think that. Like Pentecost isn't as widely celebrated in society the way that Christmas and Easter still are in their ways. And like, yeah, like some churches like don't really talk about it that much. And depending on your church background, you might not have thought about it that much. But according to God, in fact, Pentecost is one of the big celebrations that God instituted in Exodus 23. Like up here, we can see the festival of unleavened bread or Passover. And that's where we kind of get, like, it's not kind of where we get Easter from. It's where we get Easter from. You can see the festival of ingathering. It's sometimes called the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Booth. Feast of Sukkot, and that includes the Day of Atonement, and that festival is class, but is largely forgotten by Christian churches, present company excluded. And then you see the Feast of Weeks, sometimes called Engathering, Festival of the Harvest, and that's where we get Pentecost. So there we can see like something where we get Easter, something where we get Pentecost, and this time Christmas is left out in the cold. And baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> Poor Christmas. These three festivals in the Old Testament are the big ones. And they were the ones that Jesus celebrated. So at Rehope, we want to make sure that we celebrate them too. And all of these festivals have a past, a present, and a future dimension. And for the majority of the biblical narrative, that's the way the Jewish people understood them. Um, they always had a past dimension, like that's a connection to Moses. Since Moses received the instructions for this festival um, during the time of the Exodus, like just what we saw on the screen a second ago in Exodus 23. And to follow those instructions was to celebrate them. And that's what Jewish people did every year. And um, I guess that was their present continuous dimension, do you know? And then all of the festivals have a future dimension in which we see the fulfilling of the festival in Jesus. And there is always a connection with the salvation that Jesus brings. That's generally how these festivals work. But if we kind of like think more specifically about Pentecost, the past dimension is still that Moses um, received the instructions for the Feast of Weeks and they're commanded to celebrate. And then their like present continuous experience of celebrating that year by year, Jewish people stopped doing their work and they gathered together before God. And when they had gathered there, they uh, celebrated the harvest, the wheat harvest in particular, that was the big, big, big harvest. And they offered special offerings to God. And although it isn't set out in the instructions, Jewish people also celebrated the giving of the law at that time. Because if you follow the calendars and the chronology, you can see that Moses received the law on Mount Sinai at this time of year. Actually, on like the day of Pentecost, many, 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 many years previously. Very fun. And the law is great and everything, but it doesn't constitute the entirety of the written word of God. So over the times, Jewish people added in like the history and the poetry and the Proverbs and the wisdom, like all the stuff that we read this week, and they celebrated that too. And this is why we took time during the week, wonderful time, some of my favorite time, to celebrate the entirety 
of the written word of God as we read the whole Bible cover to cover out loud in here. And something Jesus did at this time of year was celebrate the written word of God, so we do too. That's the Feast of Weeks and that's where Pentecost has its roots. And that's the way it looked for all of before Acts chapter two. That was the deal before Acts chapter two. We're about to read Acts chapter two, but just so we know what we're playing with, here's a little summary of Acts one. And after a wee introduction, Luke reports that Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And he tells them to wait in Jerusalem until that happens. And when it happens, they are going to be equipped to do God's work. And that's gonna be very important for us later. So we'll just tuck it away for now. Then Jesus ascends to heaven and the disciples are all feeling very left out on their own for a minute. So they commit to praying, like they commit hard to praying, they're dedicated. And they also like take care of some housekeeping things by appointing Matthias to replace Judas Iscariot as an apostle. And then we hit Acts chapter two. So let's read Acts chapter two. Not all of it, don't worry. And we're gonna start in verse one and it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they're all together in one place, but suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw like tongues of flame of fire that separated and, and rested on each one of them. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under the earth or under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came and got, came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were astounded and amazed saying, look, like, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Like, how is it that each of us can hear him in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those living in Mesopotamia, in Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Christians and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But some sneered and said, they're drunk on you wine. Okay. Before Acts 2 stuff was great, is genuinely great, but after the events of Acts 2, the world is changed for the better forever. The future dimension of what Jewish people had been celebrating for hundreds of years was revealed as the church of Jesus was started and the Holy Spirit was given to his disciples, just as Jesus had promised. And at this point in the story, it's only the disciples who were in the house who had received the Holy Spirit, but it's gonna go out further than that. Okay, here's the thing. With those festivals, there is a past, a present, and a future element. And all of the future elements always relate to Jesus and his salvation. So it's curious how we end up sometimes getting caught up in the notion that Pentecost is the Holy Spirit festival and not the like Jesus and his salvation festival. And I know that some churches are gonna be really into 
this being the Holy Spirit Festival, and there are going to be some churches that shy away from the whole Pentecost thing because of this. Maybe it's they don't want to be seen as like Pentecostal, as if that's an insult, but like this happens. And it kind of feels like Pentecost ends up being, in some ways, like a very defining thing, and all Christians end up getting put into two like polarized camps, and you're either the frozen chosen or a mad penty flag waver. And neither of those things are wonderfully complimentary, and neither of those things represent the beauty of the bride of Christ, the church that was started that day. But it happens, and some people just think, I'm going to park Pentecost because I'm not really sure what to do with that. My dad um, was a minister in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland for the vast majority of his career, um, but he saw the light and moved to Scotland. And now he is a free church minister in Loch Gilpate. And he, he holds to a reformed theology, including all that means for the gifts of of the spirit and, and, and all that stuff. And that's like my spiritual foundations that the gifts of the Holy Spirit ended when the written word of God was completed. That's what I grew up um, knowing and understanding to be true and being um, in, this won't be a surprise to you, being very convinced in a bit of a know-it-all punk way that that was true. Um, grew up with that. However, my dad preached about Pentecost every year. And when we moved to America, we, at our church that we worked at there, we didn't talk about Pentecost. And I just find that so like, almost confusing because there is so much stuff here that brings us all together, so much stuff that we can celebrate together. And I know there are theological differences, but theological differences aside, can we all just get excited about the this life defining events of the start of the church of Jesus Christ as described in Acts chapter two for a hot second. That is something that we can all celebrate. And can we all celebrate the like this life and the next defining events that are described in Acts chapter two where God mercifully sends his Holy Spirit to dwell with believers? for a second. These things are great. So much to celebrate together. So much for us all to celebrate. For all of us, this is great stuff. And for the dudes in Acts chapter 2, who were in town for the festival of weeks, they were Jewish people representing the continents of Europe and Asia and Africa, all gathered together, um, and they all get to witness and be part of these like forever changing events. And they are presented with an opportunity. And first up, that's an opportunity to hear. And it's an opportunity to hear like in their own words, the magnificent acts of God in their own language, class, amazing, imagine that. And a hallmark of the work of the Holy Spirit is that we are always, it always happens that we are empowered and motivated to tell the magnificent acts of God to others. I don't imagine a dude who was in Jerusalem in that time 
going back to Egypt or Rome or wherever he was from or wherever she was from and going into work the next day. And it's like, oh, you're just back for Jerusalem, eh? How was it? I'd be like, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's fine. Nothing really to report. That's not going to be the way that it was, eh? Like, dudes are going to tell. Since first they heard of the magnificent acts of God, and then Peter explained what was going on around them, and then they believed, and they received the Holy Spirit for themselves. So, of course, they are going to tell. But actually, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I'm still talking about an opportunity to hear. Right, they heard the magnificent acts of God in their own language and they were amazed. But some people were snarky about it. And Peter explained to them what was going on. And I'm not going to go into all that he said or else we'd be here all day. But Peter doesn't go off on a theology of the Holy Spirit 101 for these people. He doesn't do that. He explains what's going on in front of them, explains the events from the context of what it means about Jesus. He kind of talks about Jesus a lot in his sermon, which makes sense because John reports in his, uh, in his gospel in chapter 16, when Jesus was teaching his disciples about the Holy Spirit, he said, he will glorify me. The Holy Spirit will glorify me because he will take what is mine and give it to you. And a huge part of the Holy Spirit's job or maybe better put, like the motivation for what he does is to glorify Jesus, to draw attention away from himself and direct it to Jesus. He takes Jesus' stuff and he gives it to people so that people can think, yo, Jesus is incredible. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And side note, this one's for free. Notice how um, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit using personal pronouns. Um, a common little slip of our minds or our tongues is sometimes to refer to the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit like, doesn't work in the same way as the Father and the Son. But he does, in fact, like, like them, have a person, like the Holy Spirit has a person. He's not a thing. He's not an it. He is a he. That's the way Jesus talks about it. And in the song we sang um, earlier, there's a little line where it's... Um, pour out your spirit, we love to be near you when you come. And I've always thought, wouldn't it rhyme better if it was pour out your spirit, we love to be near it? And that rhyme would just fit better. But unfortunately, we don't form our theology around rhymes. Good for us. We take the Bible at his word. This is the way Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, and I will too, even if it doesn't rhyme. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, Peter. <laughs> Peter explains the events that they have just witnessed in the context of Jesus and he draws attention to Jesus. And he did that to present these people, Jewish people representing all the nations of the earth where Jewish people had spread to, where Judaism existed up at that point in history with another opportunity. And this time it's an opportunity to repent. What happened to Jesus was not acceptable and Peter lets, him know, lets them all know that. And when they hear what Peter has to say, they respond so, so well. Peter informs them that they murdered Jesus and they respond so, so well. There was none of this, well actually mate, 
I was in Crete when all that happened, so I'm not happy with you pinning that on me. Thanks all the same. They didn't do that. Jewish people understand collective responsibility well, and to be fair to them, they've learned it the hard way by like whole communities getting sent into exile and like days of atonement and like all of that sort of stuff. They understand how like one person affects the whole community and they understand how a small group of people affects the whole community. They understand collective responsibility well. So they listen to Peter and the Bible tells us that even though they didn't perpetrate those acts themselves, they were pierced to their hearts. They repented, they believed, and they recognize what Peter is saying about Jesus being God, and they recognize and believe what Jesus, or what Peter was saying about their collective culpability in Jesus' murder, and they recognize and believe what Peter was saying about Jesus rising from the dead, and they recognize and believe what Peter said about Jesus having the ability, therefore, to team up with the Father and send the Holy Spirit. These things that are happening in front of you just now, they repented. They recognized what he was saying is true, and they believed, and they were baptized into the name of Jesus, 3,000 of them. And then they get the opportunity to go out and tell people. Then they get to go and tell. And maybe if I was putting this a little more firmly, I'd say they went out with a responsibility to tell, but I'm in a good mood today, so I'm just gonna say it's an opportunity to tell. But I still don't imagine that little conversation going anything other than like, oh, you're just back from Jerusalem, how was it, mate? And yo, the most incredible thing happened to me when we were away, like, this is nuts, get this. How would they not tell? And what about us, do you know? We have those same opportunities. And the great thing is that a hallmark of the work of the Holy Spirit is that he equips us to do do Jesus' work and to draw attention to Jesus so that Jesus gets glorified. And a lot of time that is doing um, the telling part and like that makes sense like we saw that from John like that makes sense and I think this is a wonderful opportunity for us to be ready to go and do those things especially the telling part so I would love to bless you today to be ready to be equipped and filled and motivated and empowered to go and do Jesus work wherever and wherever you live whatever you do so I bless you to receive a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in this moment. And I bless you with motivation and excitement to tell of the magnificent acts of God that you've learned from his word. I bless you with motivation and excitement to tell of the magnificent acts of God that you have seen him do personally for you or for the people around you. And I bless you to tell people close to you, family, And friends, I bless you to tell people that you know and that like you go to work with, you go to the gym with, whatever. And I bless you to tell people that maybe you're even meeting for the first time. And I bless your words to be received well, to spread the hope and the love and the joy and the peace and the salvation of Jesus Christ to people who need to know it. May it be, may it be. Friends, we have all got these opportunities and maybe you've taken some of them already. Um, And even if you are here today and you didn't really know very much about Jesus beforehand, like today you've had the opportunity to hear 
And maybe you have already taken your opportunity to believe and repent, and that's great. But if you haven't taken that opportunity before, I would love to give you that opportunity just now. So could we, um, could we all like close our eyes for a second? Just so we have got a safe place here. This is a safe place. And if you would like to do what the dudes in the story did and believe, repent and be counted among the people that Jesus saved, you can pray like these words after me. You can just do it internally. That works just great. Don't need to say it out loud. But say, Jesus, I come to you. And I know that in my life I've done some good things. But I know I've made mistakes. I know I've done wrong. Some small, some big. Some unintentionally, some on purpose. Jesus, forgive me. I believe you can forgive me because you're God's son. I believe you can forgive me because you died for me. I believe you can forgive me because you rose again. I commit my life to you. Or if you would like to recommit your life, declare that I recommit my life to you. I commit to walking in your ways for the rest of my life. Help me to do that. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And friends, still with your eyes closed, if that's okay. Like if you prayed that along with me, like either to dedicate your life to Jesus or rededicate it, would you mind like popping your hand up for me? Like think of this as your first opportunity to tell. Love that. Love that. Thanks, pals. You can pop your hand down and you can open your eyes. Thanks for that. Friends, we have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Savior and a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful salvation that we celebrate today because all those who call in the name of the Lord will be saved come together as his church. So beautiful. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to give us everything that we need to do his work here on earth before he calls us home. What a great time. Friends, I've got a challenge, a little challenge for you today. And I believe you've got what it takes to do this one. So today is a day to celebrate. We're gonna stay after our service and we are going to feast together. I believe that you have got deep down inside you what it takes to do this challenge. And it would be a treat for us to celebrate together. And um, we are going to 